Hey, good morning. Uh, what I want to do today is uh, mention that I haven't been on the podcast Biblical Insights for quite a while. I've taken uh, a little break, had a lot of stuff going on in the house. So I decided to take a little break. So right now I want to jump right back in. And today we're going to be looking at, uh, I've been doing studies on uh, looking through the Bible in uh, first century Jewish eyes. And we know that the Holy Spirit, uh, the Bible is inspired by the Holy Spirit, and that God used men uh, to write and, and put down on paper His Word. But it was all inspired by the Holy Spirit. So, but it also with that being said, He used man's personality like Paul, uh, using Paul's background and his personality and how Paul speaks as a Roman citizen, uh, as a Pharisee, he used that personality and that it came out in his writings. Uh, but the content, I would say, if that's a better, if there's a better way to say it, fine. But I would say the content was, uh, inspired by the Holy Spirit. But obviously, like I said, the Holy Spirit used uh, Paul's own personality and background and that it comes out in his writings so understanding these things are is really really important uh, Joe Emeril uh, is one that I've been I've listened to a lot I've read his books and it's it's interesting going back to the first century Jewish uh, culture to understand the Bible and to, to put it into proper context I'm not saying that right now we can't understand the Bible. I'm not saying that, but we look at it in a westernized, uh, Americanese kind of eyes, and we lose uh, we lose the richness and the beauty of the Bible. So that's what we've been studying. That's what I've been studying. My, my wife and I we, we've been studying that on a personal basis, and it's amazing. Uh, Looking at the different feasts, not, I'm not talking to going the whole Hebrews movement that you have to adhere to the, uh, all the feasts and stuff like that. They're not Jewish feasts. Those are God's feasts, just to clear that up. Uh, so these are feasts that God implemented. Uh, so I want to jump right in there. There's a couple of questions. We're going to look at the, uh, the, the Jewish feasts. How Jesus, <clears throat> excuse me, how did he fulfill the Jewish feasts? Uh, which is interesting, and are there parallels between the Jewish wedding traditions and our relationship with Christ? And I truly believe there is, and I think there's a huge tie-in to uh, a pre-tribulation rapture when it comes to the Jewish wedding feast also. Uh, and I, I do hold to the pre-trib rapture uh, uh, doctrine. Uh, that's, I'm not a post-trib. My pastor is a post-trib, and that's great. I think he's... Uh, I, 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 I hate to say it, I think he's wrong. Um, I think that the, the scripture definitely points towards a pre-trib uh, rapture. If you're looking at one of the greatest evidences, I think, is uh, obviously scripture itself. But when you look at the Jewish wedding feast itself and how Jesus came to earth and he, he followed the, the Jewish wedding feast to a T, and that's going to be one of my next studies is how... Uh, that ties in with the pre-trib rapture. Uh, so anyways, and we're pretty darn close right now as far as the rapture goes. So anyways, I want to look at how did Jesus uh, fulfill the meaning 
the meanings of the Jewish wedding or the Jewish uh, just feasts right now. So the way in which Jesus fulfilled the, the Jewish feast is it's a fascinating study. Uh, the Hebrew scriptures, uh, the Old Testament, the prophet Amos records that God declared that he would do nothing without first revealing it to his servants. Uh, the, uh, the prophets, and now it's in Amos uh, 3.7. From the Old Covenant to the New, Genesis to Revelation, God provides a picture after picture of his entire plan for mankind. And one of the most startling prophetic pictures uh, is outlined uh, for us in the, in the Jewish wedding feast, Leviticus 23. The Hebrew word feast, moedim, literally means appointed times. God has carefully planned and orchestrated the timing and sequences of each of these seven feasts uh, to reveal to us a, it's, a, it's a special story. The seven annual feasts excuse me, of Israel were spread over seven months of the Jewish calendar uh, at set times anointed by God. I clarify, these are not Jewish feasts, these are God's feasts that he has implemented and given to the Jewish people. Okay, they are still ce celebrated by observant Jews today. I mean, we still ce celebrate Passover, uh, Feast of Lights, Hanukkah. Uh, I mean, we, we, they still observe these, these feasts to today. For both Jews and non-Jews who have placed their faith in Jesus, uh, the Jewish Messiah. These special days demonstrate the work of redemption through God's Son, Jesus Christ. The first four feasts occur during the springtime. <clears throat> Excuse me, the springtime. That's Passover, that is unleavened bread, first fruits, and festival weeks. And they all have already been fulfilled by Christ in the New Testament. Okay, the final three holidays. Uh, holy days, not holidays, holy days, the Feast of Trumpets, the Day of Atonement, and the Feast of Tabernacles occur during the fall, uh, all within a short 15-day period. Okay, many scholars and commentators believe that these fall feasts have not yet been fil uh, fulfilled by Jesus, and I agree, they haven't. However, the, the blessed hope in Titus excuse me, Titus 2.13, for all believers in Jesus Christ is that they most assuredly will be fulfilled. As, uh, as the four feasts were fulfilled literally and right on the actual feast day in connection with Christ's first coming. These three fall feasts is believed by many uh will likewise be fulfilled literally in connection to the Lord's second coming. Okay, in a nutshell, here is the prophetic significance of each of the seven Levitical feasts of Israel. Passover, it's in Levitical 23 verse 5, pointed to the Messiah as our Passover lamb in 1 Corinthians 5, 7, whose blood would be shed for our sins. Jesus was crucified during the time that Passover was observed. Mark 4, verse 12. Christ is a lamb without blemish or defect. That's in 1 Peter 1, 19. Okay, because his life was completely free from sin. 
Again, Hebrews 4.15. These are all fulfillments of the Passover in Leviticus 23.5. So all these New Testament scriptures are showing that it's fulfilled, the, all the requirements and everything is fulfilled in the New Testament by Jesus alone. As the first Passover marked the Hebrews' release from Egyptian slavery, so the death of Jesus marks the release from our slavery to sin. And that's in Romans 8.2. Unleavened bread, here's a second one, the Feast of Unleavened Bread, Leviticus 23.6, pointed to the Messiah's sinless life. As leaven is a picture of sin in the Bible, making him the perfect sacrifice for our sins. Jesus' body was in the grave during the first days of the feast, like a kernel of wheat planted and waiting to burst forth as the bread of life. First fruits, the feast of first fruits, Leviticus 23, verse 10, pointed to the Messiah's resurrection as the first fruits of the righteous. Jesus was resurrected on this day, which is one of the reasons that Paul refers to him in 1 Corinthians 15 verse 20 as first fruits of the dead. The festival of weeks or Pentecost in Leviticus 23:16 occurred 15 days after the beginning of the feast of unleavened bread pointed to the great harvest of souls and the gift of the Holy Spirit for both Jew and Gentile who would be brought into the kingdom of God during the church age. See Acts chapter 2. The church was actually established on this day when God poured out his Holy Spirit and 3,000 Jews, 3,000 Jews responded to Peter's great sermon and his first proclamation of the gospel. The festival of the Feast of Trumpets, Leviticus 23:24. The first, this is the first of the fall feasts. Many believe this day points to the rapture of the church when the Messiah will appear in the heavens as he comes for his bride, the church. We are the church. We are the bride of Christ. So Jesus is going to come back according to the Jewish wedding feast that we'll see uh, that he's coming back for his bride, which is the church. The rapture is always associated in Scripture with the blowing of a loud trumpet. First, excuse me, First Thessalonians four thirteen through eighteen, and First Corinthians fifteen verse fifty two. The Day of Atonement, Leviticus twenty three twenty seven. Many people, or many believe. This prophetically points to the day of the second coming of Jesus, not the rapture, but the second coming of Jesus when he will return to earth. That will be the day of atonement for the Jewish remnant when they look upon him whom they have pierced. 
repent for their sins and receive him as their Messiah in Zechariah 12:10 and Romans 11:1 through 6 and then again in Romans 11:25 through 36. And then the seventh one, the Feast of Tabernacles or booths, is in Leviticus 23:34. Many scholars believe that this feast points or this feast day points to the Lord's promise that he will once again tabernacle with his people when he returns to reign over the world in Micah 4 verses 1 through 7. So should Christians celebrate these Levitical feast days of Israel today? So these these feasts that God has appointed to us, should we as Christian believers, should we adhere to these and should we uh, celebrate these today. Whether or not a Christian celebrates the Jewish feast days would be a matter of conscience, okay, for the individual. Colossians 2, 16 through 7 tells us, therefore do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink or with regard to the fest religious festivals, a new moon celebration or a Sabbath day. These are the shadow of things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. Christians are not bound to observe the Jewish feasts the way uh, that the Old Testament Jews were. But we should not criticize other believers who, who does or does not observe these special days and feasts. And that's clarified in Romans 14 verse 5. So while we are not required as Christians to celebrate the Jewish feast days, it is beneficial for us to study them. Okay, certainly it would be beneficial to celebrate these days as if it leads one or greater or to a greater understanding and appreciation for uh, Christ's death and resurrection and the future promise of his coming. As Christians, if we choose to celebrate these Christian or these special days, these holy days that God has appointed, we should put Christ in the center of our celebrations as the one who came to uh, fulfill the prophetic significance of each of these.